Do you want to talk about it? Arwen asked. Talk about what? said Strider, not looking away from the wall of stars he was studying. What happened? In the future. I thought it was pretty cool. We rode a dinosaur. Isn't that cool? That's not what I meant, said Arwen. I meant with the hall. Strider's neck tightened, but he said nothing. Why couldn't we get inside? Isn't it obvious? he said. We were in the future. A million or so years in that world. Lord knows how many here in the hall. The hall was no longer mine. What do you mean? Strider sighed. Do I really have to explain it? One day I will no longer be here. I don't know when that will be, but someday I will pass and the hall will choose a new watcher. Oh, said Arwen. So that was... Yes. The person we saw in the hall was my successor. Or one of them. There's no telling how many there were between now and that moment. Arwen said nothing to that. She just thought about how strange it was that they were there. It would be like walking through a childhood home after the new tenants had moved in. And after I was dead. To be sure, there was little with the Hall of Mirrors that wasn't strange, but all the same, the thought made her feel uneasy. Wait, she said as something occurred to her. If you were locked out of the hall, how were we able to get in, even just for a moment? I suspect, said Strider, that the hall was awfully confused. For all it knew, I had been dead for some time, and yet when I knocked on the door, it recognized me and let me in. But as you said, just for a moment. But, he went on, it's best not to dwell on the past, or the future in this case. No one lives forever. What matters is what we do while we still have life to do it. So, back at it? Back at it, Strider said. I had a thought, said Arwen. You've had several. And I have several more about your attitude, but they can wait. I have an idea for finding your killer. Oh, and what's that? Well, the way I see it, if, like people repel, as you've said, perhaps I ought to drive. I can find another you and go right to him. Then maybe I can stop the killer, or at least you can come right to me. That's how it works, right? That's... That's actually not bad, said Strider. Except the part where you drive. And what's wrong with me driving? It's just... It's not as easy as it looks, said Strider. You have to concentrate on what you want and tell the hall, but you also have to listen to what the hall is telling you. It's less like driving a car and more like... Like riding a horse. Yes, that's it. Riding a horse is about the relationship, and you can make it go where you want to, but the best riders don't force their steeds. They get along with them. You don't think I'd get along with the hall? Arwen asked. I... Well, now that you mention it, it does seem to like you. I get that a lot, said Arwen. Comes with not being a pretentious ass. Who's pretentious? Strider asked. Arwen just rolled her eyes and gestured to the cane. May I? Strider looked at the cane and at the wall of orbs before him. Reluctantly, he let go. Just be gentle, he said. Who, me? Arwen said innocently. She stepped up to the cane as Strider stepped to the side. She grabbed hold of it and twisted. The top of the cane clicked as it spun, and the wall of orbs moved around her in tandem. Some of the lights seemed brighter than others, and when Arwen looked at them, images flashed in her mind. A purple sky with a pale blue moon, Waterfalls cascading from golden mountains, brilliant forests that cast no shadows. What is that? Arwen said, taking her hand off the cane. She shook her head, trying to clear it. The hall has ideas of its own, Strider said. Places it thinks you should go. Don't let it distract you. Why does it want me to go there? Strider shrugged. 
It likes to show off? I don't know. There's an infinite universe full of wonders. I'm sure it's offering recommendations. Huh, said Arwen as she reached out and grabbed the cane. Concentrate, said Strider. Think about what you want to find, where you want to go. How will I know if it's the right world? Arwen asked. Already more of the orbs were lighting up and images were coming to her again. You'll see it, said Strider. You're looking for me, remember? But also not me. That's the tricky part. What do you mean? Arwen was having a hard time concentrating on all the orbs, the flashing images, and Strider's words all at the same time. You can't think about me, Strider answered. Not me specifically, or the hall won't take you anywhere because I'm right here. You need the me that's not me. Great, said Arwen. I'll try. Concentrate. Yeah, you said that bit. Now shut it. To Arwen's relief, he did just that. Even so, the hall kept bringing her world after world, none of which seemed right, though many of which seemed desirable. For a brief moment, she saw Strider's face, then it was gone. There, she said. How do I make it go back? It already knows, said Strider. An orb floated over to Arwen. She saw herself in it, and also Strider. Well done, detective. Arwen released the cane and smiled. She felt dizzy and had a sneaking suspicion she'd been holding her breath without realizing it but she was proud she was able to find it. Okay, she said. I'll go in first. And I'll be right behind you. Good luck. Don't let me die. Arwen reached out and touched the orb. She blinked away the sudden brightness of the sun that greeted her. It was pleasantly warm, and the air smelled of freshly cut grass and wildflowers. Somewhere in the distance, a bird chirped. When her eyes adjusted, she took in her surroundings. She was atop a grassy hill in an open field. A soft wind rippled the grass like waves on a lake. At the bottom of the hill, partway across the field, was a couple having a picnic. Arwen could not tell from here if it was Strider, but she suddenly felt very out of place. Should I just go up to them? She hadn't thought about what she would say. Hi, I'm a detective from another world, and I think you're about to be murdered. Don't worry, I'm here to stop it. Is that him? Arwen almost jumped. She had forgotten Strider would be following so closely behind her. I think so, she said. Great, I'm alive. How exciting is that? Strider squinted at the two people. Who is that with me? Is that my killer? We need to hurry. He started down the hill. Strider, wait! Arwen took off after him. She reached out to grab his shoulder, but tripped over something and ended up tackling him instead. They tumbled down the hill together in a chorus of oofs and a shower of grass. Detective, was that really necessary? Strider said. Arwen sat up with a groan. It was an accident. We can't just go ruining people's picnics, you know. Are you all right? We saw you tumble down the hill and... Oh. Arwen looked up at the sound of the voice, and she immediately realized what made it stop. There, standing over her, was a mirror image of herself, wearing the same shocked expression she was just now putting on. Well, Strider said, looking at the two of them, this sure is interesting. Hall of Mirrors, Episode 4, Paradise Found I, um, hi, Arwen managed to say. Sorry, we didn't mean to, that is, well, she trailed off as her copy just stared at her, gape-mouthed. Incredibly eloquent, Detective, Strider said, pushing himself up. Please forgive my friend. You seem to have got her off guard. When he spoke, the woman who was and wasn't Arwen looked at him. You, she said. You're... But you were... 
She turned and pointed over her shoulder towards the picnic she had just left and trailed off. I were what? Strider asked. Hello? The woman turned back to him. She was smiling now, but that smile quickly faded to confusion and then to shock. How did you do that? She asked. She turned to Arwen and she gasped. Who? Who are you? Where did you come from? Well, it's hard to explain, Arwen began. John! The woman called, turning back over her shoulder. John, I... She stopped and shivered. Then her tone changed. John, we better get started on those sandwiches, don't you think? She started back towards the picnic. Arwen and Strider exchanged a look. My name is John, he said. That's what you're focusing on, Arwen said. He's, she's acting insane. Well, to be fair, she is a version of you. Ouch! Arwen punched him in the shoulder. Let's go see what's up, she said. Carefully. They started across the field, taking care to keep their distance from the pair. They could tell at this distance that the man was, in fact, a version of Strider, but they dared not get much closer. As they watched, they were unaware that they themselves were the subjects of observation, for this beautiful field on a perfect summer's day was home to that which is more than it seemed. A bumblebee, large and clumsy, drifted from flower to flower, but it was not a bee at all, and its eyes did not only see, but recorded as well, and it sent what it was seeing and what it was recording to a room with strangers. Visitors said the man watching the screen. Did you invite them? asked the man beside him. No, I did not. Trespassers, then. Indeed. Even so. It's good to see your programming worked, he said. The other man nodded. It was not difficult. The brain does not like paradox, and memory is a fickle thing. It's easy to replace the unexpected with the mundane. Clever nonetheless, said the first man. What shall we do about these trespassers? She would like to see them, I imagine, said the other. No one enters without an invitation. It will be arranged right away. Strider and Arwen sat in the shade of a tree, watching the others at picnic. What do you think? Arwen asked. I think this is an incredibly boring and unproductive way to spend our time, Strider replied. He was laying on his back, looking at the sky, and didn't even get up to answer. Your optimism always impresses me, Arwen said. Well, what would you like me to say? So far, we have found versions of ourselves that are absolutely nutty, and so far, all they've done is feed each other strawberries from a picnic basket. It's disgusting. Have you given any thought as to why? Why it's disgusting? No, said Arwen. Why they're acting so strange. Why she panicked when she saw us, then completely ignored the fact. Why she felt the best course of action was to continue with her picnic rather than investigate further. Just because she's you doesn't mean she's a detective. Or clever, for that matter. That's not what I'm saying, said Arwen. Look at them. It's like they don't even know we exist. Strider sat up and looked. The two were giggling about something or other, carefree as the sun in the sky. She saw us, Arwen said. She freaked out, and now she's acting like she didn't see us at all. Maybe in this world people bury their fears in daisy chains, Strider said. I think we should talk to them, said Arwen. Oh yes, because that's gone so well thus far, Strider retorted. Better than just sitting here, said Arwen. What's your plan? To wait until your killer shows up? Something like that. Strider laid back down on the grass with his hands behind his head. And what do you plan to do in the meantime? I don't know. Maybe get some food? Explore the area? Definitely not let him out of my sight. Well, you're doing a bang-up job, Arwen said. Strider sat up to see what she meant. The other two had packed up their picnic and were walking away. Finally, 
Strider said. Something's happening. Come on. They followed their copies across the field. They passed others as they made their way through the park, a man walking his dog, a boy flying his kite. This world seemed so much like Arwen's own, only cleaner, prettier, stiflingly perfect. There weren't even clouds in the sky. The other couple arrived at a parking lot where they packed their picnic in the trunk of a small, round car. Arwen was trying to conceive a way to stop them from driving off when the car started, and she lost all train of thought, for rather than driving away, it lifted into the air and flew. Great, she said. Flying cars. Now what? We follow them, Strider said, making his way towards the parking lot. You are not stealing one of those cars, Arwen said. I'm just going to borrow it. I promise I'll bring it back. He started towards a car. Arwen stepped towards him, then noticed someone approaching. A man in a white suit and a riverboat hat walked up. Afternoon, he said, tipping his hat to them. Afternoon, said Arwen. She looked at Strider and motioned for him to step away from the car. Beautiful day, isn't it? said the man. Sure is, sir, Strider said. Can we help you? Matter of fact, you can, said the man. I'm looking for something. Ooh, let me stop you right there, Strider said. My friend and I were from out of town, you see. I don't think we'll be too helpful at offering directions. Well, that's where you're wrong, friend. See, I'm not looking for a place to go. I'm looking for the place you're from. Right, said Strider. Can't really help you there either. Really ought to be going. He and Arwen turned away from the man in the suit, only to come face to face with another. He was wearing the same suit, and he was the same man. Sorry, friends, he said, but I can't let you go just yet. Arwen looked around and realized that there were more of them, all the same, closing in on them. Strider, she said, the mirror. Strider moved, but it was too late. The man closest to him grabbed his arm before he could get his hand out of his pocket. Arwen moved towards him, but a vice-like grip closed around her arm. She struggled, but a rag was placed in front of her face, and before she could even think to hold her breath, the world around her started to go dark. Arwen was surprisingly comfortable when she awoke. She was on a soft feather bed sheeted in white. Golden sunlight filtered in through a window. So comfortable was she that she had almost forgot all that had happened. When it hit her, she sat up, panicked. Strider, she said to an empty room. She looked around. Nothing. She got out of bed slowly and took in her surroundings. She was in what looked like a studio apartment. The floors were wooden, the walls were bare, and in addition to the bed, the only furniture was a couch, as white and modern as the rest of the sterile room, and an end table. One side of the room was all windows. Looking out, Arwen could see she was on an upper floor, at least thirty stories up. The city was astounding. It was metropolitan, but also perfectly polished. The gray and black of concrete skylines was replaced with gold and bronze, and cars flew between the buildings easily as if they were roads. It looked more like something out of an old cartoon or one of those art deco paintings, but it was real. A door opened behind her and Arwen turned. There was a man in white scrubs. It was the same man she had seen in the suit and riverboat hat. He was carrying a tray of food, which he set down on a table near the couch. Hey, Arwen said, moving towards him, but he left without a word. The door was, of course, locked, but that didn't stop Arwen from struggling against the handle for a good while. When that proved fruitless, she looked around the tiny apartment for another means of escape. Perhaps she could break one of the massive windows, but then what? She was two dozen stories in the air, and it wasn't like she could just climb down the side of a building. Her food remained untouched as the sunlight faded. The city donned a different outfit as night crept in, with the golden buildings reflecting the city lights in an okra-colored glow. She was sitting on the couch when her door was opened again. 
It was the same man, or a version of the man who apparently had many copies in this world, again dressed in his white scrubs, but he was accompanied by someone, a woman in a pencil skirt and blazer with pointed glasses. Hello, she said casually as Arwen rose from the couch. Sorry to keep you waiting. Who are you? Arwen asked. Where's my friend? The woman didn't answer, but instead glanced at the tray on the table. You haven't touched your food. Aren't you hungry? Where's my friend? Arwen asked again. The woman sighed. Reg, she said, will you give us a moment? The man in the white scrubs bowed his head and stepped out, closing the door behind him. The woman crossed to the couch. May I? she asked, but she didn't wait for an answer before sitting down. Please, she said, patting the seat next to her. Arwen stayed standing. Very well, said the woman. You do want answers, don't you? Arwen nodded. So do I, said the woman. For starters, how did you get here? Your men would know better than I, Arwen said. They're the ones who drugged me. The woman held up a hand. I apologize for that, but it really was easiest. There wasn't much time to explain, and I couldn't have you and your friend running rampant in my town, causing all sorts of confusion. It was already taxing on that poor couple trying to have a picnic. But that is not my question. I mean, how did you get here, to my world? Arwen looked surprised. Please, said the woman. There are infinite possibilities. It only stands to reason that others out there have discovered the multiverse as we have, but we have preventative measures to keep out trespassers. So how did you find a way around it? And why are you here? I, Arwen started, but she stopped herself. How much did this woman already know? How much should she tell her? I came through the hall, was all Arwen said. The hall, asked the woman. And was that the name of your ship? A gateway? We detected no breaches. Arwen just shrugged. That's how I got here. I'm looking for something. Well, whatever it is, I'm sure you won't find it here, said the woman. Eden is isolated from the multiverse. We saw to that. If this is simply a mission of curiosity, then congratulations, you have successfully found another world. You may go back and report your findings, but first I would like to know how you got here and ask that you do not return. Why? asked Arwen. If you know about other worlds, why don't you want contact with them? The woman looked at her over her glasses. The woman in the park today. How did she react when seeing you? How does she know about that? Arwen wondered, but did not answer the woman's question. The woman went on anyway. People don't handle it too well, she said. Most, that is. Reg seems perfectly fine with it. She nodded to the door where her servant was presumably waiting right outside. Makes him an excellent help. But for most, well, it tends to disrupt their sense of reality. But if you've discovered the multiverse, isn't it easier for them to accept? The woman laughed. Oh, my dear, they don't know. No, 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 that is information we keep under tight wraps. We can't have others finding out about that. And why not? Well, for one, the aforementioned reaction. I don't believe the layman is ready for such a discovery. And furthermore, can you imagine the ramifications of a populace with the ability to traverse interdimensional space? Suppose a criminal fled to another world who escaped the law. Or suppose one were to tamper with a gate that could tear the fabric of space apart. Arwen thought back to the wisps she had encountered when she first met Strider, and the world that had collapsed. It's much too dangerous, said the woman. So what then? You control it, Arwen asked. Not me alone, surely, said the woman. A select few deemed responsible. There are those in charge of governing. There are those in charge of space programs. Is it not natural that there would also be those in charge of interdimensional travel? How does it work on your world? It's different there was all Arwen could think to say. 
I'm sure it is, said the woman. It's different most places. Chaotic, even. But not here. And I mean to keep it that way. So once again, I ask you, by what means did you arrive here? Do you have a gate that we could look at? Or a ship? I won't lie to you. We will examine it so that we might stop it from entering in the future. But we won't hinder you from going home. Can you take me to my friend? Alwyn asked. He's the pilot. The woman studied her face for a moment. Yes, she said. You understand my reservations, I hope. It seemed safer to keep you separate, and you will be watched. Not a problem, said Arwen. We, uh, we mean you no harm. The woman smiled. I'm glad we're on the same page. Meanwhile, Strider had woken up in a similar situation, in a comfortable bed in a sterile modern room. He hadn't bothered with the door, nor had he even taken the time to appreciate the view from his window. Rather, he had noticed immediately that he had kept his clothes, and even better, his captors had foolishly left him his mirror. Idiots, he said to himself. He popped into the hall without a second thought. From there, it was a simple matter of finding the same world, which the hall brought to him quickly enough, although not before trying to bring him a different world. I said not now, Strider told the hall. When the world he wanted was in front of him, he thought of Arwen and reached out to touch it. He found himself standing outside a golden building. Crowds of people flowed around him, oblivious to his sudden appearance. Strider looked up at the tall building. Couldn't get me any closer, he said, looking at the mirror before putting it back in his pocket. He went through the revolving door that led into the tower. Luck was on his side. He was winding his way up the stairs, trying to deduce a way to seek Arwen out when he ran into her on the stairs. They both paused, a little dumbfounded, but then she smiled. Forget something? she asked. Never, said Strider. Let's go. Go where? Where do you think? He grabbed the mirror out of his pocket and opened it. He took Arwen by the hand and pulled them both into the hall. Now, he said, pocketing the mirror, I'll need your help again. Much as I don't like being drugged and kidnapped, that was the first world where my copy was still alive, so naturally, we'll have to go back. This time we'll be more careful, don't you think? He reached up and grabbed the cane from the air. He stuck it into the ground and the orbs froze. Now hopefully he's not with your copy at the moment so we can get a lot closer. Even so, you'll have to go through first. He turned to Arwen and stepped out of the way of the cane, but she was frozen. Her eyes were wide and her mouth agape. Everything all right, Detective? Strider asked. I... what... where? Arwen stammered. Oh, no, Strider said as the realization hit him. He had taken the wrong Arwen. Arwen was in an elevator with the woman with the pointed glasses and the man in white scrubs known as Reg. It was quiet, which made her a little uncomfortable, but at least things seemed to be going well. It helped that this woman already knew of the multiverse. That meant a lot less explaining had to be done, and maybe if Arwen was lucky, they would be able to leave without too much issue, especially not as much as they had encountered in other worlds. She was eager to see what Strider would have to say. This woman seemed to know a lot about the multiverse, but surely not as much as a Watcher of the Hall. Arwen was imagining what snarky remark he would have to say to the woman when a phone started to ring. Reg pulled something out of his pocket and handed it to the woman in the glasses. It was like a cell phone, but bulkier, as if someone had taken an old rotary phone from the 50s and made a portable version of it. Hello, said the woman, answering it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I see. Goodbye. She hung up and handed the phone back to Reg. Thank you, Reg. He just nodded in response. Arwen looked at the woman, trying to study her. What was that all about, she wondered. The woman hadn't changed demeanor but she did press a different button on the elevator. Arwen was nervous, but tried not to show it. 
The elevator came to a stop and the doors opened with a ding. The hall before them was dimly lit in a pale blue that reminded Arwen of a morgue. The air had an icy chill about it. This wasn't good. Where are we? she asked. Reg, if you please, said the woman. Reg reached out and grabbed Arwen by the arm. She struggled, but he was strong as iron and dragged her into the hallway. What is this? said Arwen. What's going on? It seems your friend has escaped, the woman said. If he's still in the city, he should be found in no time. As for you, well, I can't have you going anywhere. And since you seem uncooperative, I have the perfect place for you. Arwen looked around her, and her dread deepened. She saw now where the eerie blue light was coming from. In the walls along the hallway were tanks, large glass tubes frosted about the edges, and inside them were people. The first dozen or so she passed were identical. Signs above each tank read Earth-242, Earth-861, Earth-990, and so on down the line. Then a new row of identical people started, with their respective worlds listed as well. It was a collection bank. Arwen struggled harder, but to no avail. Reg was just too strong. They went down a side passage into a room with a table. Another version of Reg was there, and he helped place Arwen on the table. They locked straps around her arms, even as she struggled and screamed. Finally, something was placed over her mouth to silence her. The woman looked down at her. A shame, really. Your knowledge might have helped us immensely. She looked at one of the Reg's. Wipe her and put her on ice. We'll save her for later. Reg nodded. As the woman left, Reg placed a large metal helmet over Arwen's head. It came down over her eyes and blocked the room from view. She struggled against her bonds and tried again to scream, but to no avail. She heard a switch flipped and there was a sharp pain in her temples. It felt like tiny needles stabbing into her head. Then it stopped. The pain subsided and her vision came back as the helmet was pulled from her head. Strider was standing over her. He immediately tore the gag from her mouth and undid her bonds. "'What took you so long?' she asked. She sat up and looked about the room. The two Regs were motionless on the ground, but that was not what caught her eye. The other Arwen was there as well. Uh, hi, she said. Hi, said Arwen. She turned to Strider. What's going on? Oh, right, he said. Carly, Arwen. Arwen, Carly. Carly? said Arwen. Yep, said Strider. You didn't expect to have the same name, did you? I don't know, Carly and Arwen said simultaneously. This will be fun, said Strider. Are we ready to go? We can't go yet, said Arwen. She kept her eyes on her copy, who was staring just as much as she was. We have work to do. What do you mean? I want to find out what this place is, Arwen said. I want to shut it down. Arwen went into the hallway with Strider and Carly close behind. I told you, Strider said. Just because something doesn't match your world doesn't mean it's wrong. And what about this, said Arwen, pointing at a nearby pod. Strider looked at it and saw the person frozen inside. He glanced up at the label. This isn't about shaping worlds to my preference, said Arwen. There are some things that are wrong wherever you go, and this is one of them. They were taken, just like me, said Carly. Arwen and Strider turned to her. What do you mean? Arwen asked. Something happened when she was in the hall, Strider said. Had a nasty reaction to it. My memories came back, Carly said. It wasn't exactly pleasant. Right, said Strider. Her memories came back. Memories of what? Arwen asked. What happened to you? Carly furrowed her brow. I'm not entirely sure. I remember being taken, a bright flash of light, and then nothing. There's a blank space. After that, I have just have bits and pieces, but they don't seem right. So you have no idea why you were taken? Arwen asked. 
No, said Carly. I don't. Arwen looked at Strider. Don't look at me, he said. I know just as much as you. Arwen thought for a moment. The woman told those guys to save me for later. Save you for later, said Strider. I don't like the sound of that. Yeah, said Arwen. Neither do I. Let's go. They wound their way through the icy halls. Every now and then they found another elevator, or another room like the one Arwen had been in. Finally, they came to a large set of metal doors. They stopped. This seems important, she said. Ready? For what? Strider asked. Ready, Carly said. For what? Strider asked again. Arwen said nothing, just knocked on the door. Really? Strider asked. Just wait, she said. A few moments later, the door was opened. A reg poked his head out. You forget your keys again, he started to say, but Arwen grabbed the door as soon as he stepped out and slammed it into his face. The man's head snapped back and he toppled over, unconscious. What the? came another voice from within. Arwen ran inside and saw two more men. I got the one on the right, she said, looking over her shoulder. Strider was gone, but Carly was ready. Just you and me, then, Arwen said. The two men advanced on them. Suddenly, Strider was there, behind one of them. He put the man in a chokehold. The other looked when he heard his partner gag, and Arwen took advantage of the distraction to charge forward. She dispatched her opponent quickly. Years of self-defense hadn't been for naught. Strider was struggling with his adversary. He was on his back with an arm around his neck, but Reg was big and swinging back and forth, trying to throw Strider off. Carly stepped in with a quick and precise jab to the jaw. Reg hit the ground hard. Well, said Strider, straightening his suit. That sure was exciting. I had him, though, just so you know. Of course he did, said Arwen and Carly together. Arwen took stock of her surroundings now. They were in what seemed to be a control room. There were monitors all over the place. Some of them showed the tanks of frozen people, but there were also videos of people going about their lives, too. Arwen looked closer. They're the same, she said. What's that now? asked Strider. Look, said Arwen. These two screens. The one on the left is a man in one of those tanks, and the one on the right... Is the same man playing golf, said Strider. Interesting. Wait a moment. He sat down at a nearby computer and started typing away. What are you doing? Arwen asked. Well, thanks to your surprise attack, none of these men logged out. All the files here are accessible, and... Voila. He hit a button on the keyboard, and one of the monitors changed. It showed him. The him they had seen at the park. And on the left, a him frozen in ice. And what have we here? Strider mumbled. He clicked on something. What's that? said Arwen. She and Carly looked over his shoulder. Patient history, said Strider. Look. The computer screen now displayed a page all about his copy. Arwen skimmed it until something caught her eye. Deceased, she read. Indeed, said Strider. There's more. He scrolled down and Arwen read. The word deceased kept popping up with various causes of death next to it. Drowning, heart attack. The list went on. After each indicator of death was another line that read, Transference Successful, with the name of an Earth beside it. What's that mean? Arwen said, pointing to the words. It's obvious, isn't it? said Strider. These are all replacements. He gestured to the monitors that displayed the frozen people. Replacements, Arwen said. She understood now, but she didn't want to admit it. Strider said what they were all thinking. They're taking people from other worlds, different versions of the people here, and putting them on ice, saving them for later. When someone dies in this world, they replace them with the other, and then, then transfer the memories, Strider finished.
He turned to Carly. That explains the blank spots and the memories of that aren't right. They weren't yours. Something they shoved inside my head, Carly said through gritted teeth. Precisely, said Strider. Look here. He clicked on something else in his file titled Memory Log. They can just pick up where they left off. They won't even know they died, and they have no idea they're from another world, he said. And so they can live forever in peace, said a voice. They all turned. The woman was standing there. Two more henchmen blocked the doorway. So this is why you want to know how we got here, said Arwen. You can't let other worlds get into this one, otherwise they'd know that you'd been taking people. There are infinite worlds out there, said the woman. If a few hundred thousand people go missing, that's hardly a drop in the ocean. And the trade-off is, is what? Strider interrupted. Is worth it? Nobody lives forever. We do, said the woman. No, said Strider. You're just stealing the lives of others. That's not how this works. Actually, that's exactly how this works, said the woman. We've been doing it for centuries. I've replaced myself half a dozen times, always with a younger model, of course. I've found the secret to immortality. Your secret is a scam, said Strider, and we're going to shut it down. The woman laughed. You can try, she said, but to what end? Every single copy you've seen here, they've already been wiped. Their memories are gone. You want to wake them up and send them home? They're useless without the minds that we have here. Arwen glanced at Carly. She doesn't know, she thought. She doesn't realize that their memories can come back. How many? Carly asked. She was shaking. How many? You say centuries. You say hundreds of thousands as if it's nothing. How many have you robbed of their lives? The woman shrugged. I've lost count. But it's not about that. Ask instead how many lives I've given. Here in my world, in my Eden, death is a thing of the past, and nobody even has to know it. My people have forgotten what death is. They just go on living. New bodies, sure, but the same lives, none the wiser. This is utopia. This is hell, said Strider, and it's time for us to go. Stop them, said the woman. Her armory of regs dashed forward. Orin reached her hand back and felt Strider's clothes around it. One moment the control room was there, and then it was replaced by the darkness of the hall. Right, said Strider. Now, let's see what we can do about this. Arwen turned around. He was typing on the same computer from the world they were just in. How'd you do that? Simple enough. They really shouldn't use laptops. Desktops are much harder to take. Things get unplugged or they fall apart. Hmm. Hmm, what? Strider didn't answer her question, just grabbed his cane from the air. Are you ready to go back? Arwen turned to him. What? Really? Of course. Why not? Well, usually you just want to leave a place. Right, but someone is disrupting the multiverse. I'm a watcher of the hall. I can't have that now, can I? You sure it's not more than that? Arwen asked. Of course I'm sure. You're sure you're not just starting to like it? Like what? Saving the day. Don't be absurd. Whatever you say, Arwen said. So, what's the plan? Well, I've not overthrown many regimes, but I'm sure it takes more than just three of us. We're going to need help. A lot of help. A world's worth of help. A world's worth? Yes. But first, I need you. Me? Yes. We need to find the other me, so you'll need to drive again. Remember how it goes? Of course. Great. So here's the plan. We grab him and bring him back into the hall. 
Something about this place helps restore true memories, right, Carly? Uh, yeah, said Carly. She was still looking around at the lights in the sky. Did you tell her what this place is? asked Darwin. I gave her the short version. I had to find you, said Strider. It's a portal, right? Carly asked, turning to them. There was still shock in her expression, but she pushed it down. Like the one they took me through. More or less, said Strider. It's certainly more sophisticated than whatever ramshackle doorway they threw together. It's a between space, the world between worlds. Is that why my memories came back? Carly asked. Because I was out of that awful world? Perhaps, said Strider. That's what I want to find out. He held up the laptop. If we can find my copy and bring him back here, I might be able to use their programming to see how they're altering memories. But first, we need to grab him. Let's do it then, said Arwen. Arwen took the cane and found the world. She stepped through and found herself in a hallway lined with numbered doors. Can't believe he lives in an apartment, she thought to herself. It seemed such a far cry from the strider she knew. She knocked on the door in front of her. After a moment, it was opened. The other strider was there. John, she reminded herself. His name is John. Hey, he said with a smile. What, did you forget your key or something? He trailed off and looked over Arwen's shoulder. She turned and saw Strider standing behind her. He was messing with something on the laptop he had brought. Carly was right beside him. Yes, yes, crazy, I know, he muttered. Never seen yourself before. Hello, neurons are firing like crazy. You, said John. Who are you? And how are there two of you, he gestured to Arwen and Carly. Strider looked up from his typing. He glanced at his copy and then at Arwen. I really hope he's not that daft once I fix this. He pushed past his copy into the apartment. Carling went in after him. John followed them with his gaze, then turned back to Arwen. He was dumbfounded, but then he shivered and blinked. He looked at Arwen as if he was seeing her for the first time and smiled. Hey, he said. Hold on, Strider said from inside the room. What'd you just do? I didn't do anything, said Arwen. John turned around at the sound of the voice and had the same panicked reaction he had before. Who are you? he said. Fascinating, Strider said. Could you take him into the next room? Sure, said Arwen. She grabbed the stunned John by the hand and walked him into the kitchen. Aha, Strider called from the front room. It worked. Who is that? John asked. Don't worry about it, said Arwen. Just wait here. She went back into the front room. What is it? Clever, Strider said. That's what it is. The human mind is a finicky thing, but it's also analog. What do you mean? It's not digital. Right, what does that mean? Who are you? They both turned to see John had come back into the room. For crying out loud, can we lock him up or something? I got it, said Carly. She grabbed John by the hand and took him to the next room. You were saying? Arwen said when they had left. The mind, said Strider, isn't digital. You can't just erase things and expect them to be gone forever. Every time he looks away from me, his memory of me is replaced with a new one. Well, not replaced, covered up. Think of it less like Photoshop and more like a canvas painting. Meaning? Arwen asked. Meaning their memories are still there. They're real memories. All we have to do is peel off the paint. We got to get them into the hall and see what happens. If I can replicate that in this program, maybe I can fix everyone at once. Everyone at once? asked Arwen. Sure, said Strider. They're all connected to this network. This utopia is a little big brother, in case you hadn't noticed. Um, guys, said Carly. She had come back into the room. We've got company. She pointed to the window and Arwen ran over to check it out. They were only on the second floor, and down on the street she could see several men entering the building, all in white suits and riverboat hats. We'd better get a move on, said Arwen. 
Well, I'm ready, said Strider. What's going on here? They all turned. John had just entered the room again and had the same reaction. Strider just sighed. Come on, then. I'm tired of watching myself do that. He pulled out his mirror. Grab him and let's go. Carly grabbed John by the arm. It's okay, she said. It'll all make sense soon. Arwen, Strider asked. Coming. She ran over from the window and grabbed his shoulder. Carly grabbed onto him with her free hand. There was a knock at the door. They're here, said Arwen. And we're not, said Strider, opening his mirror. There was another knock on the door, louder this time. Why could Arwen still hear it? She looked away from the mirror. They were still in the room. What's happening, she asked. You've got to be kidding me, said Strider. Again? What do you mean again, asked Carly. Just then, John wrenched himself from Carly's grasp and ran towards the door. Help, he said. I'm in here. I need help. Strider, Arwen asked. It's not working, he said, turning to her. The hall won't let us in. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this week's episode, which will be continued next week. Stay tuned for a sneak peek at that adventure. Hall of Mirrors is written and produced by Sam Schultz, with the main theme composed and performed by him as well. Each week brings you a new adventure of Arwen and Strider as they journey through the multiverse, protecting it from various threats from within and beyond. New episodes air every Friday at 1pm on anchor.fm slash hallofmirrors. Links can also be found on Facebook, Tumblr, and Twitter. For a text version of each episode, check out my Tumblr blog, and please like and follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're a fan of this podcast, please share it with a friend. I have links to all of those in my description. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week. Next time on Hall of Mirrors, West of Eden. With the mirror not working and the identical army on their trail, Strider, Arwen, and her copy Carly have to find a way to restore people's memories and get out of the dystopian world of Eden.